Oh, we're vibing, Doors. Doors, they want me to be mad. They want me to come on here and be upset and all sad and shit, but no, no, no. We're vibing. Why? Because the music sounds better with you, Doors. Oh, sounds better with you, buddy. Thanks, How you man. feeling, man? You won. Congratulations. I did win. I did. Before we talk about me, and we will do that, who's they? Is it they the league or is it Mike's they? Which they are the, we discussing? It, it, they is a figment of our imaginations. Oh, of they is whatever you want it to be. Mm. They could be this fucking water bottle. Mm. It could be Lucy. It could be the sweater you're wearing. It is it is whatever you want it to be. It could be the universe. They is anything. It's an abstract. What am I what's the thing I'm thinking of? It's like a I don't know. My brain's not working right now. It's like a fucking. Hey, you're, you're doing a great uh, it's job. It's like a fucking thingamajig. It's like a you know a thing you just add or whatever. You know what I mean? You're doing it's great. It's a fucking illusion. You know? That's the one. Hey, do you see what my sweater says? Can you read the little I thing on my? I can't see it. You can't read I can't it. Can't see it. Crazy? It's a, it's a, no, 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 close. It's a sweater that I got at my former employer back in the day, Grazia, the restaurant I used to work at. Oh, and yeah. It's just a little subtle logo. It says Grazia. I'm wearing it for Franco. Grazia, Franco, thank you for not showing up this week. I really appreciate it. Oh! Um, thanks for allowing my team to just limp into the next round of the playoffs. Um, it's great. It's Damn. great. I, I feel great. I, I, I can't believe that I'm advancing, first of all. I cannot believe that I'm moving on. And I also can't believe I'm doing it considering some of the performances on my team, but somehow I put up 130 plus. We'll get to that later. We, Take we, it. We will talk about it. Yes, I, I we, we will. I'm happy about it, and we will talk about it. Um, you were so confident last week, Tones, and I was just not. Do you want to talk about that for a second? It, of course, right? Of course. And you know what? We should have known. I should have known because I've been saying all year this is a wacky year. And no, Tony said every year, this is truly wacky. Okay, this is a weird year. Yeah. I was confident you were not. I should have known that's not good for me. And we sh I should have sat there and said, oh, you're dead in the water. Well, no, no. Like, your team is not bad. It's not going to just score 97 points every week. We should know. And given the gambling that I've been doing this year, once you start figuring it out, that's when you go the other side and that's how you make money. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like take that and apply it to our fantasy league. And it, uh, I should have known. I should have known. But now we're left with the top four seeds and that's boring, man. Maybe I was just trying to will some fun into existence here. Uh, but the top four seeds in a season like this being left is just kind of, you know, whatever. Should we abolish bye weeks thoughts? Well, Nick doesn't want that to happen. He only put up 113 points this week on his bye. Mike, meanwhile, 143 on the bye. His team blew their load early. Like, uh -oh. did, did they waste all of their points in week 15 when he didn't get a chance to play? I'm looking over at the consolation bracket, which is not usually what you do at this stage of the early podcast here. But 101 to 119. Those were the range of point totals we got in what was a very tight consolation bracket side. Tones, I mean, you would have been beaten by three guys in the consolation bracket side. Even Yikes. weirder, CRG would have beat Nick this week. Wow. Like, that is how important you talk about the bye weeks. That is how important these bye weeks are. Nicky, very happy that he's in one of those two spots, and he was in the second of those two. So there we are. Um, you had That's a really amazing. good idea... You had a really good idea to do our annual draft revision um, of the year, and we're going to do that later on this podcast. We're obviously going to get through the matchups first. We're going to talk about our predictions for next week. That includes the consolation bracket or the loser bracket, as we call it. But we are going to do a little draft revision. Do you want to give a little quick hitter on what that's going to entail so guys can stick around? Well, if they don't stick around, I'm going to fucking disown them. They're out of the league. Yeah, um, 
No, we're going to do the thing we always do, man. We're going to look back at the draft trades because there were some big ones. We'll break down the first round and see, hey, was it actually good this year or not? And uh, people's best, worst picks. We're not going to go team by team, but we'll just go, hey, this these stuck out to us, and off we go. Yeah. Uh, maybe work in some, hey, were we right or wrong about a certain player? <clears throat> Josh Jacobs. Whoops. Unbelievable. Um, that thing hit me so hard today, the thing I put in the chat there. Yeah. Of that just the like, so oh, Zamir White, the fourth round. I was like, oh my God, that's me. That was literally me. Like, holy shit. Do we forget that Josh Jacobs played in the Hall of Fame game and not just played, he started it. Yeah. And I'm watching that going, that is fucking crazy. Yeah. That is insane that he started that game and got legitimate run. And we're going, oh my God, Jacobs is dead. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Jacobs, just never know. Jacobs played in the Hall of Fame game and Jamar Chase couldn't see the football on day one of the NFL season, man. A lot of weird things happen in the offseason. Gabe Davis was the second coming of uh, fucking Randy Moss in the offseason. Yeah. Everybody's calling for that. this guy. Him and Diggs are going to be the best two receivers in the league. Turns out that was Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. But like either way, right. crazy stuff that? happens in the offseason, man. You understand how it goes. Anyway, yeah. we'll talk about yeah. it later. Let's dive into it because we know the guys are asking for it. We start with your matchup. It was a battle of the Ryan. Uh, I say the Ryan because I'm trying to figure out what, cert, what seed he is. It's the third seed. It's Ryan versus Tones, the sixth seed. And Ryan, 10 and 4, 6 and 8 Tones. Ryan barely defeats you, Tones. It was 112 to 104. Quote from you on Sunday, does my team know it's the fantasy football quarterfinals? <laughs> Take me through it a little bit, Tones, because it started, it started pretty good for you with Dalvin Cook on Saturday. Dude, the answer to that, does my team know it was the quarterfinals, is an overwhelming no. I mean, dude, I was sitting on cloud nine after Saturday. Dalvin Cook catches that fucking, yeah. takes that pass, breaks it off huge, and I'm going, oh my God, there's no way that doesn't feel like a, oh shit, is this kind of my, is this team of destiny kind of shit here? What's going on? Yeah. In the greatest comeback in NFL history that I wish I live bet because I actually thought about it, and I was like, there's no way. Oh my God, what a crazy game. But yeah, I was riding, I was all thinking this is going to be awesome. And then Sunday rolls around. It was all time bad, like literally all time bad. I had only one non-QB player score more than eight points for me on Sunday. Yeah. In that, there was two two-point performances. There was a almost goose egg, 0.9. I mean, it was literally, literally doomsday. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Two or three weeks prior, I was shitting on your team for like, hey, these guys are on bad teams. It's going to be difficult to figure out. Well, look what happens, right? Carolina is a bad team. Deontay Foreman has 10 carries for nine yards, then gets game scripted out of that thing. Did I think that would happen against Pittsburgh at home? No. Yeah. I didn't think Pittsburgh would be competitive in that game. Like, but what are you going to do? Zonovan Knight with fucking, with uh, Joe Schmo back at QB? Like, I was immediately going, oh, shit, that's not good. But I was like, okay, you know, I got this Saturday situation. Mike Williams, great matchup against Tennessee. And it just didn't, you know, it just didn't work out. Didn't work out. What a shame, man. What a shame. But hey, give it a try. What can you do, man? What can you do? It is a shame. You finished 0-3 versus Ryan this season. And if you remember back to the year the uh, the Bucks made their run, I believe, I think the Saints were 2-0 against them that year. And then the third yes. time they played, it's really hard to beat a team three times in the same season. You've got so much tape on them. Well, Ryan kept reviewing the tape against you, man. 0-3, you finish against Ryan this year. You can't do worse than that. We only play people twice at max. Um, you mentioned some of the matchups, some of the guys in tough situations this week. Um, I don't think you have to defend your defense special teams pickup, but do you want to? Oh, my God, dude. What was that Yeah, Dan in the chat? I know it was a little... You. 
Like, that's a little revisionist history, no? First of all, first of all, who cares about defense? Like, who cares? This is a fucking crapshoot. You're just taking, you're rolling the fucking dice. And this is such a prime example. The Packers were in the group of teams that I was thinking about picking up. And I'm sitting there going, who do I think is the actual better defense? Right. And it's the it's the Panthers. Like the Panthers actually have like a decent fucking defense. Now they didn't show up against Mitch Trubisky. I thought at least you know you're trying to picture it. Okay, it might be one or two picks he's gonna cough up here. The Packers defense has done dick fucking all all season, even with good matchups. This is their first double digit point performance since week three. What am I missing here? Yeah, exactly. They scored 11 points, and oh, it's against the fucking Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield just launched one of the craziest comebacks, and they were on a long week. They were coming off the bye. Like, I'm going, listen, man, Baker's bad, but, like, if anyone's going to get something out of him, it's going to be Sean McVay. Like, why do I even have to sit here and defend this? They put up 11 points. Like, who gives a shit? Oh, I know in the end it was like, oh, that could have been the difference. It would have been the difference, but, like... It's just a roll of the dice, you I know? Think, and I, I think, picked the better defense by actual football standards, right. which is why this shit should be gone, because who cares? Well, that's Stupid. it, right? That, that's it right there, is that once again, and we have multiple examples of this in terms of the young players that you pick, the old wash veterans you choose not to pick. Once again, your knowledge of general football comes back to bite you in the ass. You knew which defense was better, and you picked them, and you ended up losing because of that. How dare you know so much about football? You, Dude, sir, I'm, are being scammed by your own brain. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Next year, I am going absolutely whatever I think makes the most sense. I'm doing the opposite, George. And I'm just, I just as an experiment, I just want to see what happens. Right? It's just gonna. Be, I'm actually gonna do it. You think everyone's sitting there rolling their eyes like whatever tones? I'm telling you, I'm drafting like four or five players next year that I fucking hate, <laughs> and I'm picking up like situations like that. Hey, you know everything's pointing in the Panthers' direction here. Let me take the other guys and just let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking silly, man. Anyway. So, Ryan, we have to pivot to him. I'm going to give you a season recap, Tomes, as we like to do in these situations on the sure. pod. Um, but first, we got to give Ryan some credit here. I know the 112 doesn't look good, but let's give him his due, okay? Five straight games since losing Cooper Cup. We never thought this was possible. We put him off the cliff when he lost that guy. We power-ranked him as such. And there's a bunch of reasons this week why, but you want to talk quickly about Austin Eckler, I think. Yeah, Eckler was, uh, well, obviously Connor, I called it going in. He was the guy I was most afraid of. He delivers with 16 points, but then there's Eckler, right? And I'm going, this guy is so frustrating to go against because it doesn't look good. You're watching the games. You're going, okay, he's not doing a ton. And then he just finds his way in the end zone. You look up and he has like 70 yards, but he gets the touchdown. So he gets there, right? He gets that mid-teen situation. Yep. This is a stat for you as I was diving into him, okay? He has topped 110 total yards only twice this season. Wow. He has been living off touchdowns. And that is kind of how Kamara's been the last couple years. Then look what happens when the touchdowns evaporate. Now, here's the thing. Justin Herbert is not washed. He's got plenty of great football going ahead of him. I think Eckler's going to be fine going forward. But guys like that drive me crazy to go against. And it's not like, oh, like this isn't a shitting on Ryan for having him or shitting on Eckler as a player. I think Eckler's an awesome player. But it's so naggingly annoying, right? It's just like, yeah, you know, like, are you even that good? You just get propped up by all these touchdowns and it just, you know, it's just, I don't know. It seems to me like it's a little Fugazi Fugazi. But hey. I understand. 
you got to be good, right? You're in the red zone and you score touchdowns. That is a skill, but it's just annoying to go against. It really, really is. And we uh, remember, another. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say we remember early in the season, Austin Eckler. We were sounding the panic alarms before Week Four. He had nine, yeah. thirteen, and nine points. There were no touchdowns. There was no production. Rushing totals were 36, 39, and five yards. And then all of a sudden he goes bananas. Thirty plus in four straight weeks. Has the bye. Comes out hot. So. And 14 total touchdowns in 14 weeks is the number for Eckler. And that tells you everything you need to know about his fantasy production this year. Yeah. I'm not even sure he's at an 800 total yard. I don't know. I think he probably actually is. But I don't even think his total yardage is like anything special right now. He's not even at 700 rushing yards. That's it. Yeah. He definitely has more than 300 receiving yards. I don't have that for sure, but it's got to be considering where he is in terms of the fantasy ranks. And like, bro, I can't even click on the player page and it just gives me his <laughs> rushing stats. I, I like, just, like, oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> Give me all the stats. <laughs> Why do I got to go to a different website? It just gives me his rushing stats as if the guy's never caught a ball in his life. Like, uh, it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> death, taxes, and tones being pissed off about the Yahoo structure. <laughs> like, am I crazy? Like, this is so ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah. Holy fuck. We got to talk about another player. His name yeah. is Devonta Smith. This yeah. guy I've shat on at every opportunity because he's, I swear, swear to God, I can bench more than him. I could probably beat him up, but he can run faster than me and that's the end of it. But he's been great lately. 18, yeah. 14 and 15 points. He's got 200 plus yard games in there. He seems to be kind of the 1B to AJ Brown's 1A, which is not something I thought would happen. Yeah. This guy's flirting with a thousand yards this year. Like, am I just wrong about this guy? Not necessarily, Tones, because I think that certain guys thrive in certain situations. And I think Devonta Smith had a really good year last year because he was one of the only options there. But A.J. Brown being there opens up an opportunity for him to do different stuff. He's not the same player. He doesn't do the same things. And I think they complement each other really well. Jalen Hurts is very good. They have an amazing run game. They're on the field a lot. So I don't think you were necessarily super wrong about your evaluation of the player and what he's capable of doing. However, he's a really great fit in that offense. And... I understand where you came into the season being like, this guy is 150 pounds soaking wet. He's going to get injured. He sucks, whatever it is. But he's found his way to make it work. And it seems like he has some of his best games when he plays against you. So here we are. Classic. Uh, he puts up 15 points this week. Ryan only gets 11 out of the quarterback position this week. It was a sweat for him. Christian Watson with six and a half. Aaron Rodgers with just under 12, one of his worst games of the year. It was I could not believe how tight that was, and, and we knew, Tones, that you weren't going to survive that Monday night, but for it to be this close considering the circumstances was shocking. So we do have to give credit to some of the guys that made it happen. We mentioned Smith. We mentioned Eckler. Chris Godwin, one of his best games of the year, 18 points. Awesome. It actually yeah. was his second best game of the year. That was incredible. And James Conner keeps putting things into the end zone. So I know it wasn't an overall stunning performance from Ryan, but some guys had to show up, and some of the guys like Godwin like Devonta Smith, who he's kind of been waiting on all year to see where they are, they do it for him this week. The QB thing, I was trying and looking to pick up a quarterback to try mm -hmm. to fuck him. Yep. And like, I think he even said it in the chat. I don't, don't remember what day it was, but I'm like, oh my God, these pickings are so slim. Yep. It is so ugly out here. I'm like, I don't even know who to fucking pick up. And I thought about Rodgers to avoid the fucking Watson stack. But I'm like, really, like... I wasn't expecting much from Rodgers. I'm like, am I really afraid of 14 or 15 points out of Aaron Rodgers? Guy ends up with 11. So it's actually crazy. Like, you know, I thought that that would be such a huge pivot point in this matchup. But 
You know, it's just it's bleak out there, man, and it's even bleaker next week. I don't know what these guys are going to do without quarterbacks, but it's it's ugly out there. Well, Mike's situation is a little different than Ryan's. We've seen that Ryan's team may falter, but with Mike's situation, he trusts a guy like Trevor Lawrence, and his team is very good, and we will talk about Mike's team as we look ahead to the previews. Um, not that Ryan's team isn't good. He's won five in a row, but I'm just talking about different ceilings here in terms yep, of yep. what these guys have done lately. Yep. Uh, sure. Tones, I'm going to give you a season recap because um, it's time, man. Your, your season is once again over without any playoff success. Um, did you know that your last playoff win came on December 19th, 2015? Sure did. It's a long time sure ago, did. Man. Do you know What was the number one song back then? Let me look it up. What you say, December? December 19th, 2015. Number one song on December 19th. This is great radio. Two days ago. December 19th. That was seven years ago. 2005? Seven. I'm five. sorry. 2015. 15. Wow. 2005. My brain. Like I said. Holy shit. Number one song. Hello by Adele. Yes. Wow. That Shout is... out my girl Adele. The goat. <laughs> what a fucking... Yeah. Hello from the other side. Remember playoff wins? Yeah. Nope. Oh. Sure don't. Back to the recap, Tones. You actually Christ. ended the season on a pretty exciting run. You had to win the final two games of the season. You did. You claimed the sixth seed, which was great. You wouldn't have beaten any other playoff team this week, though. So maybe that kind of takes this thing away. You got there, but it wouldn't have happened either way. After complaining early in the season about fantasy being bullshit, you took some tough losses there. You actually won a matchup by 0.14. You had wins with point totals of 109, 106, 109 again. You had the eighth most points for this year, fifth most points again. So I know that the odds were stacked against you early because of all this bullshit that was happening behind the scenes. But you had some cheap wins in there too. You didn't really put up the points all season. The consistency wasn't there. The results of your matchup with Ryan this week, Tones, I really think in a nutshell, tell the story of your entire season. Because Jalen Hurts is a fantasy superstar, but you couldn't really trust your running backs. You never had a clue when it was time to start DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. And your receiver success hinged on the ceiling of Stefan Diggs because otherwise we saw guys like Hollywood hurt this year. Mike Will hurt this year. And of all fucking people, the law firm of Donovan Peoples-Jones was your best receiver this week. You loved this guy all year. He put up when you needed him to, but he would have been great as your wide receiver three or flex. Not a guy you had to count on to be your top producer this week. So I think it's interesting that in a few ways, my team and yours are pretty similar minus like my receiver group consistency but like i can see your team scoring 150 next week no problem but then you have these weeks where you put up 105 110 whatever it is um averaging 118 points per week this year not it um and even the trade you made you made a trade this year want to point it out clyde for a second round pick never forget um even if that panned out uh that receiver room was gonna have a tough time putting you over the top so when uh when Derrick Henry scores 40 points against me this coming week and I join you in the room of the eliminated, um, there we go. I hope you take as little joy as I'm taking right now telling, uh, telling me that my fantasy football season is over. Because this sucks. Um, Ryan's a great guy, but he's already won that trophy. So all I can say to you is, Tones, there's always next year, man. Yeah, listen, man, there's always next year, as, as there always is. And I still have a lot of picks despite the second, not the end of the world. I'll survive. Yeah, man, honestly, like hindsight, do I regret not selling or whatever? Like, no, I don't because I had fun playing fantasy football down the stretch here. It was enjoyable for the last four weeks of the season. I accomplished my goal of just getting into the playoffs and let's see what happens. And the what happened was, hey, my team stunk and I'd rather them stink then put up 141 and lose and be like bashing my head against the fucking wall the whole time. Listen, man, I think like looking at your team, right? 
Imagine you lost Jalen Waddle and Christian Kirk in week three to nine. Yep. Like, you can look at anybody's and say, hey, lose your wide receiver two and your wide receiver three, and good luck. And sure. honestly, it's just, honestly, probably my whole season probably hinged on that because Hollywood was amazing. Mike Williams was putting up really good numbers. Those two guys stay healthy. This whole season changes regardless of what happens with Swift. Like that's, you know, all like I just missed too many key guys and that's how it was, man. That's how it is. And maybe I should have just read the tea leaves and just sold them all off. But I don't know, man. I wanted to play fantasy football. Call me crazy. You're not crazy. I love it. And you knew that there was potential in that group. You thought that there was a chance that Swift could come back and be the guy. And that would have really put you over the top. But even without him, guys like the pickups of Zonovan Knight and the pickup of Dante Foreman, like he was the dude. He put up 33 points in one week. When you see a ceiling like that, you think to yourself that that's possible again. It kind of went off a cliff after that. Carolina kind of sucked. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't. I really thought bit. about starting Chuba this week just because yeah. just for the pass catching, right? One catches passes, one doesn't. Get me a floor. Get me to that 12 point mark, right? For sure. That's all I was hoping for. So anyway. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's it for my season. On to next year where, I, of course, I'm going to win it. Um, <laughs> on, to, on to your situation. Uh, Doris, you defeated Franco 133 to 107. Uh, 133 is a great number, Doris. And you are now in the semis yet again. So congratulations. Thank you. It goes to you. Um, I feel like you're in the semis a lot, but now you got to face a Dotto. God help you, man. God help you. Um, yeah. 133 is the thing that jumps out to me here because on a weird week, you put up a pretty good number, but it might be a little fugazi, fugazi. I don't know. What's going on over there? Yeah. So for the fourth, we're talking the last, I I did this stat last week. I'll mention it again. So last four weeks for my team, once again, this week, outside of quarterback, I do not score a touchdown. That is an alarming number. That's insane. And we've seen numbers of my team from anywhere from the low nineties to the mid 100, like 105 mark in that stretch with guys like Jamal Williams being one of the only guys that catches, that rushes for a touchdown for me on my whole team. So again, to say the stat, four weeks of my team, four total touchdowns scored outside the QB position. So let's talk about that QB position because we have to give our Greg Jennings performer of the week this week to Joshua Allen. Fuck it. You can't stop me. This guy's an absolute star. I mentioned it earlier this season on this program. Franco wanted to give me Patrick Mahomes for Josh Allen. It would have been a fair trade. All the way through the season, it would have been a fair trade. But still, Josh Allen, when it matters the most, is the bigger guy. He does more things, and he was an absolute stud when I needed him. There's a reason why it's 133. If you take off 20 points off of Josh Allen's 35, 36, I'm only sitting at 113, which would have been barely enough to beat Ryan this week in his 112. So yeah, it's a big deal. Now, that said, some decent totals out of my receivers this week. We've seen that all season though. So Tones, I throw it to you when I say my running backs have to figure it out against Mike or else I'm fucked because once again, these guys just do not show up for me. Yeah, it's ugly right now. I mean, it's nice to see ETN with 100-plus total yards. He finished with 127, 103 on the ground, 24 in the air. Lost the fumble, so, you know, 11 fantasy points doesn't jump out at you. But that's good to see, especially against a tough Dallas team. Who's he got next week? The Jets, that's a toughie, so that's not easy. Jamal Williams, we knew this, right? Once the touchdowns dry up, jam fucking done. He still had a touchdown three weeks ago, only put up nine points. Now we got three this past week, three the week before. So your running back situation is a massive issue. Here's where I'm not worried about it. Your receiver depth is looking really, really good. Pittman 
we got to talk about the Pittman versus Waddle situation. You made a bold ass call yeah. to bench Waddle. Um, one that I frankly didn't agree with when you told me, am I crazy to do it? I'm like, I'm not going to tell him what to do here, but yep. I'm like, you were afraid of the snow, right? That yep. was what you were big time afraid of. Yeah. My thing was like, and I had digs in that game and I'm going, well, it's the night game. I'm like, they're going to clear this up. We know this. Like, as long as it's not like actively blizzarding in that moment, blizzarding, is that a word? It is not. Um, in that moment of kickoff. Then I'm not overly concerned, and based on the forecast that I was seeing, it seemed like it was kind of dissipating. Maybe there would be some in the second half, but like it wasn't be, it wouldn't be anything crazy. And as long as the wind was okay, I think it was fine. And Waddle delivered with 18 points. Now, obviously, it's inflated by the big play touchdown, but I want to hear your thought process. That was that that was it, right? Or was there more yeah. to it? No, that was that was it. The the depth on that is that. I am so rattled that there are Saturday games throughout the day at this stage of the fantasy playoffs. Like, this is fucking trash. The fact that I have to make a decision by 1 p.m. on Saturday to choose between Michael Pittman or Jalen Waddle was infuriating. The odd man out would have been Christian Kirk, who's had a really tough stretch where Zay Jones and literally everyone else has been producing, um, even in good matchups. But Christian Kirk had Dallas this week. I knew that game was going to fly over. That was going to be a high-scoring game, and Kirk delivered with 12 points. Is that great? No, but that's a good wide receiver three number. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Pittman, look, CD was a lock and Juju was a lock because I really felt like he was going to take advantage of the matchup. And I know that Houston looks bad on paper, but the way he was going to work the middle of the field, I did some looking into this. Yeah, The yeah. 11 points was so. good, but he lost a fumble, so whatever. That is what it is. So essentially, the decision was between Michael Pittman and Jalen Waddle. And Waddle's been a star all year, but he has shown games where he's put up three, four points. It happened the last two weeks. So I figure if he's been struggling, and if guys like Diggs and Tyreek are going to show up no matter what the weather is, one of these guys isn't going to eat, and I didn't think it was going to be Waddle. Truth is, Tones, busted coverage. The guy scores a 60-plus yard touchdown. Without that, three catches for what, like yeah. 50 yards? Yeah, Not it would even. have been two for two for something. Yeah, two for yeah he only had something. three catches. Yep. So yep. I think the thought process was Pittman has a smash spot. I may never start him again this year, but against Minnesota in a game that might be high scoring, I need to start this man. And it wasn't pretty, but 14 points out of Pittman was exactly what I wanted. Once I saw that, I was okay with Waddle being on the bench prior right. to the night game. Then yeah. I see the touchdown notification, and I'm like, fuck. It sucks that I have to wait until Sunday night to find out if this was going to cost me. Mm. Turns out it didn't. Regardless of the situation, it didn't cost me. He would have been my highest receiver, but all my receivers were double digits, so it was okay. Anyway, that was the thought process there. Waddle's back I think in this week. <laughs> going, oh, is he, eh? Yeah. Um, going back to what you were saying about, like, if if you're worried about the, or the RBs need to pick it up, like, I said it a few weeks ago, right, on the Tony Time pot. Like, it was just like, I, I think Allen, CD, Waddle, um... And whatever that next receiver is, it honestly just needs to be one other guy that puts up that Christian Kirk, Juju, 12, 11 points. I think that could be enough. You know what I mean? Like, I I really do. Now, Jamal Williams is trash, and it's a tragedy. And, like, you know, you had Latavius Murray with 20 points on the bench. You're not fucking starting that guy with confidence, right? Like, yeah. Uh, who's this guy? Fucking Brightwell? What nah, are we doing here? Yeah, no, Zero. No. Oh, you already dropped him anyway. Gone, anyway, yeah, that was a Pierce, like, when do you trust him, right? Now he's on IR, so it's like, whatever. Yeah. So I get that the pickings are slim, but, like, this year is a flawed and weird year, man. You have a really strong receiver group, and you have an elite matchup, especially, and we're going to get into this, I'm stepping on it a bit, but, like, going into a matchup against uh, Mike, your QB advantage is huge. Like, it's huge. So, hey, 
Let's see, man. Let's see what happens. As long as these receivers keep producing like this, you're going to be, you might be okay here. You might be okay. We will talk about me and Mike later, but we do have to talk about Franco first and a team that really didn't produce. And outside of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, which they've done for years, and Mahomes puts up 32, Kelsey 15. But outside of that, man, only three other guys in double digits. It wasn't pretty. There was no boom week for Pollard. There was certainly no boom week from Devontae Adams, who tough matchup against New England, man. That was a really brutal matchup for him to have at this part of the season. Franco's last four weeks, 99 points. 133 is good, then 105, 107. Not like my last four weeks have been much better, but this is a really brutal stretch for Franco. Coming into this week, you could have expected one of two scenarios for both of our teams, and his is the team that doesn't end up producing. Any thoughts from you on his roster? Because you'll be giving him his recap shortly as well. Uh, I... Yeah, I just it's it's wild to me to see that guys like Gabe Davis are in his lineup. I I just I don't get it. Doesn't make sense. This guy's had double digit points one time since week six. One time. What are we seeing here? What are we seeing? I don't understand it. Like, it's not like the fucking target volume is like elite or anything like that. I just stuff like that and like starting Buffalo's D all season long. You're playing against Miami. Okay, it's a snow game. It doesn't matter. Like, Miami's offense is very fucking good. Like, it is very good. And it is good in shitty weather, too, because the passes aren't... It's catch-and-run shit. It's the San Francisco Niners offense, right? Uh, 49ers offense, right? It's the same idea. I think that's going to play in cold weather. He starts them. Both those players air quotes which is insane combined for eight points like what are we doing in a playoff matchup like okay fine you want to ride buffalo's defense all season long cool come playoff time when it's down to one fucking week like uh, you know there's got to be someone else go pick up the packers d why are we shitting on him for that come on (laughs) what are we doing here silly man i don't know i just I, i don't get the gabe davis thing it's just he seems like he just loves his guys. He starts them no matter what, and let's see what happens. And that's fine. I get it. But uh, I, we're going to get into his recap here. You know, let's fucking do it now. Let's do Franco's season recap here because it all ties in. Uh, we'll start from the very, very, very beginning. Big draft day trade. He deals Herbert and a first for Devontae Adams. He gets his boy. That trade was a massive, massive W for Franco. CRG, I wonder if he regrets it. Obviously, he gets the first. I don't remember if that was Higgins or Pittman, but either way, maybe it freed him out himself up to grab his Brees Hall, who looks like a stud. So, hey, good job by Franco there. Gets his boy, and he delivered. He was amazing this season. He follows that up with another solid draft. It wasn't spectacular, but another solid draft. Franco does it every year. He has a pretty damn good draft. Some stuff that sticks out. Terry McLaurin, the 202. Pretty solid, startable player. Nothing special. Mahomes, 303. Absolute steal. That's robbery. Next year, where the quarterbacks go, going to be super interesting. I wouldn't be shocked if we see three or four in the first round. I think that's like enough with this. Mahomes cannot keep going in the third round. That's fucking crazy. Um, Chris Olave was a great pick at the 509, helped him get to the playoffs big time, even though he kind of didn't deliver for him there. And Cordell Patterson, who it seemed like nobody wanted, gets him at the 602. It was great for him early season before he went on IR. Again, another reason why... He was in the position to be locked into a playoff spot going into the final week of the regular season last week. But it didn't start off so well. One and three start, and we're going, oh shit, Franco might be selling. This isn't good. He's got a lot of young pieces. Let's see what happens here. I remember thinking, and I don't remember if I vocalized it on the pod or not, but I was like, huh, if he sells, this is interesting because he's got these young guys. 
What if he just says, fucking I'm blowing it up, off goes Kelsey, off goes Kamara, off goes Adams, right? And we just say, we're going youths, we're going all youths, right? He didn't. He held the fort and it worked out. He rallies for three straight wins, including a record setting, and I still can't believe this, 221 points against you, Doors. That hurt. Yikes. Are you over it yet? Yeah, I mean, he's out of the playoffs. I'm off to the (laughs) semis, so I'm pretty sure I'm okay, but. Bang. Love that. Great answer. All right, then the roller coaster continued. He drops two straight, but he was putting up solid numbers. We had him as high as third on the power rankings in week nine. Everyone was afraid of this guy. People were thinking this is the dude to fear. I was I remember thinking it like no one saw him. Frank Franco's the fucking team to watch right now. Yeah. It was all looking good. And of course you're thinking, okay, team's looking good. Time to make some moves. No, sir. Didn't do shit. Didn't do shit, man. What are we doing here, Franco? I don't understand. You have one fucking job. It's to manage a fantasy football team and raise some kids. I get it. How hard is it to make a waiver claim? How hard is it to work a trade? And I know people were texting with trades. I was texting with trades. I know he. I know for a fact, and I'm not going to put him on blast, but like I know for a fact he had really good trade offers for some of these young receivers, and he did not even blink. He didn't even blink. Not even an entertainment of a thought. Make your team better. Make it so that you don't have to start Gabriel Davis in the fucking quarterfinals. This man is finishing his season with $99 of fab. I'm sorry, how much? 90 fucking nine. (laughs) Wayne Gretzky of fab. It's gone. It's poof. Goodbye. Yep. Unless he's dropping $99 next week. In a game that doesn't matter, just to fuck over one of the playoff teams. I mean, go for it. Like, go for it, my man. Like, what are we doing? It's just a wasted opportunity. It blows my mind. I'm annoyed that I have how many fucking dollars do I have? I think I have like 10 bucks. That you I have didn't like 10 spend bucks it. in the bank. I'm annoyed that I have that money left. I actually am. I want to finish every season with a grand total of $0. I have four bucks left, and I'm pissed that I didn't spend it. I'm actually mad. This week's waiver wire was garbage, and I'm like, I don't even want to spend on this on anybody. I didn't even think to look. And I'm like, fuck, man, what? This is silly. Spend your fab, $99. Make a trade. Make your team better. So you know what? He deserves this. He could have won this league, Doors. He honest to God could have. The pieces were really, really good. I agree. He didn't really need to give up a ton of fucking draft capital. In fact, he sold off Deontay Johnson and he gets a fourth round pick for him. Great trade for him. Really good. Like to get a fourth rounder for that loser is pretty great. Like, I just don't get it. Make your fucking team better. Like, oh, it's so fucking frustrating. But hey, whatever. You reap what you sow. And yeah. that's where he's at now. You know, you lose. The, the one thing I'll say is that, so 133 for me, 107 for him, a discrepancy of, let's call it 26 points math, okay? He needed to find 26 points in a waiver wire, in a trade, whatever it is. You could look at it that way. And from Franco's perspective, he might be listening to this saying, well, fuck you guys. There's no way that I was going to do that with one guy or two guys. I make a trade for Keenan Allen. Well, he had a fine week. Tyler Lockett, he broke his thumb. So like, at the end of the day, what could I have done? My argument to that, if that's even an argument, is you needed two more wins this year. And two more wins could have been possible to get you to 9-5, and to push me down, to push whoever down. You win a game that you're not supposed to because you could even be the three seed. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. just about the place that you sit at 7-7. and The guy finished, like you said, with the most points for this year. He could have had that ceiling even higher and gotten him to a three or a two seed. Either a bye or playing you and kicking your ass in the first round. So... 
it's it's that the team could have been better all year long. And I think that from a contender's perspective, we're okay with it. I like the fact that Franco didn't make any trades this year. I like the fact Same. that he didn't spend any fab because for me, I'm in a great spot now. I don't have to compete with upper echelon guys. And I have to be worried about guys like Olave and Drake London instead of a Keenan Allen or a Tyler Lockett. So it's fine. But the team could have and should have been a lot better because like you said, I agree. The pieces were in place for a big move this year. It's just about like, you have another prime year of Travis Kelsey. Who's, who put it in the chat today? Somebody put it in the chat today. I think it was Dan, who was like, I have Travis Kelsey, mm -hmm. and I finished third, second, and first in the last three years. Top four league. in the last three right, years. Right, yeah. The guy's a cheat code. Yeah. Okay. Then you have Devontae Adams, who was also a cheat code this season. Cool. Kamara wasn't great. That's fine. Adjust it. You have those two guys. This is what tricked me into fucking thinking I, I had a shot this year, because I'm like, well... Stephon Diggs is elite. Dalvin Cook is still really solid. And Jalen Hurts has been dropping 30 points like he's going out of style. Like, you got to take advantage and try to fucking build around these guys. And yeah, I didn't cough up all the picks, which is not the only way to win and round out your team. But I spent that fab to try to fucking solve the problem. Like, it's just to not do anything. It's just you're wasting these players. And it's like, I, I really wonder if like in three years when these guys are washed and they're not on his team anymore... And he's struggling to find keepers. And I'm not saying he will because, like I said, he's a good drafter. Like, is he going to sit back and go, man, I really blew it? You know what I mean? Like, I regret not fucking winning with Antonio Brown all those years. Like, yeah, I got to a finals, but, like, that that wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. And I regret it, you know? You got, yo, I wished I did more. It's just fucking crazy. It's so infuriating. Well, this league has evolved. And the last thing I'll say is that Levin Odell. I got to a couple finals with those great players, but guess what? It didn't win me a championship. And the reason why is because I had two or three elite players, but I didn't have a fourth and I didn't make trades to acquire more. And we've right. learned from aggressive guys in this league, like Nick when he won in year one, like Dan when he won in year two, and Mike when he won in year three. These guys helped set the tone for what is fantasy success. And mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not going to give them all the credit in the world. It's not like, you know, this is the only fantasy football league on the planet. But what I mean by that is, Three or four good guys, if you can have stars in one of your, your top three or four, all you got to do is build around them. Your first, second, and third round pick can go to guys that can help establish just big time success. And we have those guys here, Patrick Mahomes, Devontae Adams, Tony Pollard, Travis Kelsey. Those are four amazing players this year. All it would have taken is a first and a second. And just like that, Gabe Davis and fucking Chris Olave are out of your lineup. One defense pickup and Buffalo D's on the bench. That's all it is. That's all it is. All this it team is. would have been a team would have been better than 133 points this week. Would have beaten me. Yep. Could have beaten me. That's it's it. Brutal, man. We've it's done. Brutal. We've done enough on Franco. But that's Let's, it. Let's. Uh, you're right, and we should get into next week's stuff because it's the semis and it's very exciting. Yep. And uh, I want to preface all this stuff with a couple news and notes here. Yep. I don't know if you've seen what's going on in the states weather-wise. Yeah. But it's 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 going to be a shit show, man. Coming for it's us. It's going man. to be a shit show, and for us. Yep. The outdoor temperatures for some of these games, okay, that they're forecasting right now. Bills at Bears, minus 11. This is Fahrenheit, by the way. Seahawks, Chiefs, minus 6. Saints, Browns, minus 9. That over-under in that game is like 31. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it that low. Texans, Titans, 5 degrees. Falcons, Ravens, 7. Raiders, Steelers in Pittsburgh, minus 4. Jeez. What the fuck is going on? Okay, cool. Let's see what Vegas has to say. I've never seen this in my life. I counted it today. 11 games next week have an over-under less than 45 points. Yeah. 11 out of 16. Yep. 
This week has a chance to be fucking banana lands. It was a low-scoring week in the quarters. I mean, I don't know if we can get anywhere. Like, I'd, I wouldn't be shocked if two teams out of the four even crack 100 at this rate. And to it's give, fucking nuts. To give people an idea for those who aren't so privy with the gambling stuff is that 45 points for an over-under, when you consider a game to be two high-scoring offenses or close to a shootout, air quotes, you're looking at more like 52, 52 and a half and up. Yeah. It's kind of what we've seen in the last five years when it comes to like lines and how those lines move. So when you're talking about 45 points in comparison, we're talking about a full touchdown lower than what's considered to be a good offensive game between two good teams, which typically, you know, that can disappoint. But guess what? 45 points, 11 games reaching that total. We're looking at, yeah, like you said, Tones, a combination of bad weather and just bad football in general. There was a lot of games with the over-under in the 30s. A lot. Yep. It was alarming. <laughs> like, it's ugly, man. Anyway, let's start it off here. Let's get into it. Nick's a two-seed. Taking on Ryan Doors. What are you looking at here? We're going to look at the positions by position tones. And we're going to start in this matchup with the most intriguing thing for me. And that's the quarterback matchup. Because we know Justin Herbert. We know that he put up a stinker last week. But Nicky was on a bye. And guess what? Herbert gets Indy for a get-right game in an indoor stadium. And on the flip side, we don't have fantasy football success from Ryan's quarterback position because will Lamar Jackson play this week? Oy. We don't know and we don't think so. So Ryan didn't practice of, today, the being Wednesday, did not practice. Exactly. So we'll see what Big happens deal. in the next two days. But Ryan's stream of Aaron Rodgers almost failed him this week. He has Tom Brady on his bench right now. Good matchup for Brady against Arizona. That's fine. But we talked about how hard it is to stream QBs. So we give the upper hand to Nikki with Justin Herbert because we don't know what to expect from Ryan. What are you seeing out of the running back position in this matchup? All right, RB position. Let's check it out. So it's Eckler, Mixon, Connor versus CMC, Nick Chubb, McKinnon, which is kind of interesting. CMC, back to RB1 status overall. I mean, the guy's a freak. Yeah. Chubb's the big thing here, right? Yeah. Like, is he healthy or is he... Is he not playing? I don't know what's going on with him. Let's see. Let's check it out. Even if he's it. playing. Did not practice Wednesday. Yikes. Yikes. And what scares you about that, right? Kareem Hunt's still in Rob's flex, so you can't go out and pick up his fucking uh, his handcuff, right? Yeah. So, man, that's that's tough. So who goes in? Who slots in? So McKinnon's RB2. Miles Sanders against Dallas. Good option, right? Yeah. Brian Robinson. We all know how I feel about that loser. Antonio Gibson. Maybe. I don't know. That's Here's the thing, though. Against San Fran. Even if Chubb plays, we knew coming into the season, Chubb was going to be one of the best running backs in the league. Well, mm. we were right until about week 11. His last five weeks, 8-19, 8-6-9. Not good. He not gets good. New Orleans this week. New Orleans, not bad against the run. Not great. But still, even if he plays, what version of that player are you getting? I think because of the success of McCaffrey, it might help mitigate the loss there. And we give the upper hand probably to Nick in terms of the running back position only because of CMC. When you have the best player at the position, arguably, you're going to, you, you got to give it to Nicky there. Now, Austin Eckler's no slouch. We've seen James Conner be good. I don't know what to expect out of Joe Mixon, but I, I do like Nicky's options, including McCaffrey obviously being that big pillar there a little bit better. Your thoughts? They all kind of have like poo-poo matchups here. Other than McKinnon against Seattle, like... I guess Chubb against New Orleans, like our run D's not as good as it once was. Washington's no slouch. On the other side, like Indy's all right on the front. New England's very good against the run. Tampa's still very good against the run. 
I don't know. It's a tricky one, man. But yeah, I think I agree with you. I think I give the slight upper hand to uh, to Nikki because McKinnon's just been awesome. And yep. like, fuck, I had him. I picked him up hoping for this a few weeks back. Yeah. Had to drop him, but it was like, man, and all of a sudden, of course, Nikki, right hand to God, he just grabs him and look what happens, right? Fucking unbelievable. Jesus Christ. So let's switch gears um, then to the wide receivers yeah. then. We've got Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, and the very surprising DJ Chark doo-doo-doo-doo sliding in to Nikki's uh, wide receiver three spot. Meanwhile, Chris Godwin, Christian Watson, Devonta Smith, very surprised with the success of some of those guys on Ryan's list there. But Watson's been great. Godwin's been good and had a really good week last week, and we've seen Devonta Smith be steady. I like the balance of Ryan's receivers here, but again, it's hard to ignore one of the facts that we said coming into this year. Nikki might have the two best players at their respective positions in CMC and JJ. If you're Ryan, you probably like your depth and the way that it's spread out there at receiver, but you're terrified of Justin Jefferson and what he can do on a weekly basis. I do think Godwin can match what Justin Jefferson does as long as Jefferson doesn't go fucking banana lands, right? If he gets 24, 27 points, okay, sure. Yeah, like he's not going to match that. But if he ends up with a still good but unsexy and unspectacular 16, 17, I think Godwin could do that for sure. Now, Nikki had a heart attack last week. Jefferson went down, didn't look good, comes back, was a little winded. But remember the turf toe thing? Like, remember, he's taking some licks, dude, like... There was a couple weeks ago where fucking it looked like Jefferson was taking every hard hit. I think it was against the Jets. He was just getting absolutely hammered. Maybe the boo-boos are starting to pile up here. I agree with you that I do think I like Ryan's overall group better. Devontae Smith against Dallas is interesting because Trayvon Diggs is primarily, I imagine, going to be focused on A.J. Brown. So that could open things up for Smith. Goddard is back, though, so that might mix things up a little bit I love Christian Watson at Miami that one of the few games that's probably going to end up shooting out um and I do like Godwin against Arizona so call me crazy if I were to like do a draft here of these six players it would go JJ number one Godwin two maybe Smith three Watson four then Keenan then Shark maybe that's a bold take maybe it's not I don't know yeah that's fair I think the point that you made about Goddard is so interesting because does Goddard's return come at the expense of a guy like Devonta Smith, because guess what? Dallas Goddard is Nikki starting tight end this week, whereas Devonta Smith will be sliding in for Ryan in that wide receiver three spot. So Mm -hmm. if Goddard catches the touchdown that Devonta Smith doesn't, we could see a swing of six, 12 points right there. That will be an interesting matchup to watch. And going to the tight ends, it's Waller versus Goddard. Based on the tight end landscape this year, Tones, this this is just a crapshoot at tight end that I don't even want to discuss because it's just so gross. So at, the, at the end of the day, we're looking at a situation where Ryan currently has Lamar in at 20 points. The point spread is 12, but it doesn't even fucking matter. Who you got in this matchup? What's what's your takeaway here? Oh, man. I'm going with my guy, Ryan, man. I'm going with my guy, Ryan. I just, I'm done betting against this guy, man. I'm done. And I know I'm going against fucking Satan <laughs> over there. <laughs> fucking hand of God, Maradona, this guy. With this fucking magic juju beans over there and Nick. But I think I'm going with uh, I think I'm going with Ryan. What's the team name story here? Friendly Fire? What does this mean? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. And Ryan, let us know. It it sucks that I don't know. Yeah, it sucks. Let us know. I'd like to know. Who you got, Doris? I got Nick because I had him going to the finals, and I think that like the same argument you used with Ryan that you can't get a bet, bet against him. I'm gonna use the same one with Nikki. I'm tired. I'm tired of thinking that he can't do it. He had three losses this year for like the fucking third straight year 
or fewer. You know what I mean? So if you have the two best players in fantasy and they're playing healthy, I have no reason to believe you won't do it, even if it is McCaffrey against Washington, even if it is Jefferson against what might be a tougher Giants secondary. I don't care. I'm taking the best players on the field at this point, and I think that Nicky has them. And um, we saw him put up, you know, a really sad total this week on his bye, but guess what? It doesn't fucking matter. That was a buy for a reason. And here he comes. I can see him putting up 150 the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. I had him to win the whole thing this year. I'm sticking to it. Nikki wins this week against Ryan. And nice. I don't even know who the guy's starting at quarterback. So neither does he. Fuck. He'll pick somebody up on Sunday morning <laughs> at 10:59. So yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right, Doors, let's do yours. Let's, let's do, do yours. Yeah. You play Mike. You can exercise your playoff Dotto demons this <laughs> week. You can do it, Doors. I don't know. Maybe not. We'll see. We'll yeah. dive in. Let's start Maybe with QB. Not. Josh Allen versus. Looks like Trevor Lawrence, Allen's going at Chicago, Trevor Lawrence at the New York Jets on Thursday night. Whoa, mama, is that ever lopsided? Yikes. I, um, I only disagree with you because, yes, Josh Allen has been an absolute superstar, but Trevor Lawrence has had an amazing two weeks in matchups that he shouldn't have had an amazing two weeks in. So I know it's a Thursday night, and I know the Jets' defense is tough. Mike knows that too. He's the one who screenshotted those matchups, and yet Trevor Lawrence is sitting there in his lineup, and I get it, man. I'm in the fantasy semifinals in a work league that I joined, and yes, guys, I'm in another league. Can't believe I'm saying it. By the way, Tones, I won this week with Zonovan Knight and fucking Dante Foreman. So I beat I beat Sid Sixero with... 104 points or something. Jeez. This is going to be the playoffs this year, man. It's wow. going to be disgusting. Sad. Anyway, the point yeah. is to say that I'm starting Lawrence with slight confidence in that league because of how good yeah. he's been. Never mind who he's playing. I do like who he's played. So uh, 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 what he's done lately. So I know that Allen does have an advantage. If Josh Allen only puts up 22 and Trevor Lawrence can put up at least 20, we wipe that off the board. That's a matchup that I need to thrive in for this to work because... I don't know which version of my team is going to show up this week. Mm -hmm. And no matter what the answer will be, I don't know what's going to be enough because of the next group we're going to talk about. And that's the running backs. This is a stacked squad, Tones, for Mike. Henry, Jacobs, Aaron Jones going up against ETN and some combo of Jamal Williams, Latavius Murray, Deion Jackson. Oh, my God, Doris, what are we doing here? That's ugly, man. Uh, clear, Clear lean to Mike on that one. I don't even think there's much more to talk about. I don't care what version of ETN shows up. Yeah, That's tough. That's very tough. Jamal Williams is just honestly just a bench player at this point. You pray for the tutty and you pray for the three tutty game, which can happen. Absolutely. But Swift was again, some somehow a little more involved last week. I think he had 12 touches or something like that. Yeah. So it's like, okay, like which, how's that backfield going to shake out? Let's find out. But yeah, it's ugly, man. It's ugly. And, and it's, it's Derek Henry against me against the Houston Texans who have the worst running back defense in like the history of the NFL. So it literally could not be a worse combination for me. If Henry doesn't manage to put up 30 points and he only puts up 20 or 25, that's okay because Josh Jacobs and Aaron Jones are both there to give him at least 15 to 20 together too. Texting Rich today, he's like, are you excited for this matchup? And I said, no, I'm, I'm not excited for this matchup. And it's because of the running back situation. I had Mike going to the finals for a reason. Yes, I had Nikki winning, but best players on the field, man. Best player this year has been fucking Josh Jacobs in terms of the running back situation. Very it's close insane. has been Derrick Henry. And Aaron Jones, although he's been faltering a little bit lately, showed us on, on Monday night that he can still do it. He's still got what it takes. So 
Yeah. I don't care if ETN gets me a big boom 25 week. If I don't get anything out of that RB2 spot, I'm in tough. And we're going to move on to the receivers now. And I know I have maybe a slight edge because of what these guys have done and, and, and the consistency that they've done it. But I'm not blowing Mike out of the water in this matchup either. And the receiver matchup as it stands right now is Amon Ross St. Brown, who we know has been good. DK Metcalf, who doesn't have Tyler Lockett there. And Mike Evans, who's been weird this year. Up against Waddle, CD, and Juju Pittman. We'll see how my lineup ends up shaking out at the end of the day. But I like my receivers. But the, the fucked up thing is, I don't have the kind of edge over his guys in the same way that he has with running backs against me. Which is where I say, if you want to give me the edge, great. But it's so slim that I, I, I don't feel good about taking that advantage. You know what I mean? I do. Um... See, I think, and this is why I think it was important to bring up the caveat of what this week is kind of looking like weather-wise and what Vegas thinks this week's going to look like. Mike's three guys are all on the road in outdoor stadiums. Two of those three, in KC, in Carolina, it's going to be ugly. It's not going to be good. The other one is at Arizona for Mike Evans, who has been literal dog shit this year. I, I think there is a real chance that, like... Your guys are going to be just fine. Now, mind you, Waddle is in Green Bay. That's going to be horrendously Waddle's bad. At home. at home against Green Bay. Oh, it's never, in sorry. I read that wrong. There you go. He's in Miami. There, I'll eat my words on that. Perfect, right? Yeah. Dallas, Dome Stadium, right? Closed. You're good to go. Christian Kirk at the New York Jets. He's a slot guy. Same reason why this maybe could work for Amon Ross St. Brown. Just get peppered with receptions, right? Yeah. Just have a really lame eight catch for 62-yard kind of game like Pittman did last week. Get you to 12, 13, 14 points, right? Yeah. That could happen for both guys. Um, I give you the slight lean here, man. I really do. I love the KC versus Seattle matchup for Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that's a good one as well. Um, I honestly kind of disagree with you. I think you have a really good advantage in that spot. And like I said, man, I've already said it, that combo with Josh Allen, it's all you need. It's all you need. And if Mark Andrews somehow tumbles his big ass into the end zone, you are fucking cooking with gas all of a sudden, right? Because I think that's where your big advantage is, to be honest. Because Kittle's just, what do we know? Like, it's fucking, roll the fucking dice. And I guess you could say that with both these guys. But like, what the fuck is Kittle going to do? Was last week he was great. Now Debo's out. Okay, so... Maybe that was actually a sign of things to come. I don't know. What do you think? I think that I would rather take... Here's, here's George Kittle's last five weeks, okay? 22 points, 4, 3, 4, 23 points. I would much rather take that than Mark Andrews' last five weeks. Nine, Fair enough. 9, 7, 2, 4. If tight end is a wasteland, give me a guy who might reach that plateau. And the crazy thing is, and I'll admit it now because it's not going to happen. I can, I can say on this, on this podcast that this is not going to happen. Mark Andrews will be in my starting lineup, but I contemplated putting waiver claims in for tight ends this week to start them mm. over Mark Andrews because I can't, I can't do it. And Wouldn't have blamed you. He's he's playing Atlanta. Atlanta can give up yards and points. I can see Mark Andrews finding the end zone for the first time since week six. If Mark Andrews is on my bench in a week that he scores and actually has a week, in a week that I need to take chances like this to be able to match Mike's output. If this is, if this is, with all due respect to your team, if this is a quarterfinals matchup against you and I see a lower floor in this situation, I'd be much more willing to make a move like that where yep. I pick up another tight end. I need Andrews to boom. And if he doesn't, 
Well, maybe no one else is going to anyway. I need to get mm. that total. So anyway, Andrews yep. is staying in. I don't like it, but again, I'd rather have Kittle's situation where he, he can actually reach that plateau. Makes sense. Makes sense for yeah. sure. He might have swayed me on that, to be honest. Um, all right, Thoris, who you got? You like Mike, it sounds like. I do, and I don't know if Mike is going to win by 10 to 15 points or if Mike's going to win by 45 to 50 points, but um, I, I just I'm, – I'm, I know I'm not supposed to put it into the universe, and Mike's going to laugh hearing this because he's going to say to himself, what a chump. He's putting it out there. He's having that negative energy. That means it's not going to happen. Bro, I'm just spitting the facts. I'm just telling yep. you the way I see it, the way it looks. I know these running backs are amazing. It's been assembled as such. He's very lucky to get Josh Jacobs. He made a trade for Aaron Jones, and he has Derrick Henry. I don't have Derrick Henry, and I certainly don't have a Josh Jacobs or Aaron Jones. So here we are. I got Mike, um, and I feel like you agree with that. I am with Mike as well. I think it's going to be closer than uh, maybe we all think it will be, but I think ultimately the X factor here is Derrick Henry against Houston. The numbers are insane. I wish I saved it off. I saw it earlier this week, and I thought, hey, mental note, take a note to that one. Look it up yourselves, you lazy fucks. Um, Derrick Henry's amazing against Houston. I have no reason to believe that won't continue. Uh, I honestly could see a fucking 45-point monstrosity coming from this guy, and he just single-handedly wins him the week. I honestly could. So I'm taking Mike. He's going to the finals. Let's go. Here's the only way that Derrick Henry doesn't perform against me against Houston this week, and, 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 and I can actually see this playing out, so I'm not just saying it to put it out there, but I can actually see this happening. If Tennessee's up 21-0 in the first quarter without Derrick Henry being one of the guys that contributes, I'm talking about a muff punt returned for a touchdown, a pick yeah, six, yeah. and a big play to Traylon Burks, who's back in the lineup, or this new tight end that they have who's catching balls. If they do it without Derrick Henry, perhaps there's a chance here that he just gets sit down for the second half if they're up big by the time the second half comes. But he will find his in one way or another. It's just a matter of how big that ceiling climbs. I got him at at least 20 points this week. (laughs) So Tannehill might be out for the year. So it sounds like he's not playing this week. So him getting up early, them getting up early would take one of those goofy plays. But it's not impossible, but it's a little less likely with the starting QB down. Agreed. Uh, All right. You want to talk some loser bracket here, Doors? Let's get her done nice and quick here because these guys are losers and they don't serve our time. I agree with you. And we can start by teeing up the seven versus 10 seed. Um, I mentioned it earlier quickly that every guy in this bracket put up between 101 and 119 last week. So maybe this will be a little more competitive than we thought because we talked about Dan being a potential runaway. We'll see where the uh, the tea leaves take us here, Tones. But we start with the 7 versus 10 matchup of Dan versus Rich. We have a 120-point projection from Dan and 109 from Richard Ben, who, man, unfortunately just lost Jonathan Taylor for the rest of the season. That would be really, really big if Taylor wasn't really doing great and Rich also didn't have the emergence of J.K. Dobbins anyways. So here we are. We have Dan versus Rich looking at the matchup. I see star power on one side and only a couple stars if that on the other side tones any thoughts on who you got it's Ramondre Stevenson plan limited in practice sounds like he's playing T Higgins back see if Kenneth Walker's plan didn't take part in Wednesday's practice okay okay flex guy that's okay got some options IU can go in there Montgomery can go in there there's options I think it's Dan I think it's Dan it's pretty simple I don't know Rich is one in 13 so you got to think based on what we said off the top, right? Okay, well, things got to regress to the mean at some point. I don't know, man. It's probably not going to happen. Rich's team is not good. He'll be the first to tell you. So I'm going to give the edge to Dan here. Bench Ramondre, add Mostert to Montgomery. Bench Kenneth Walker, 
add Brandon Ayuk. There's options for Dan. Um, options for Rich are really limited. Um, yeah, it's tough. So I definitely have Dan in this. Maybe it's closer than we think. Like we said, it was a, t- it was a tight week last week, but I got Dan going in. Uh, on the other side of things, we have the eight seed, Rob, versus the nine seed, Christian Genera, who right now, uh, staring at a 93-point projection um, wow. from Christian Genera, and this is his full roster in there. So, um, Dude, he's got like four backups starting in this game. Yeah. Robert Woods, if you were to tell me that this guy was cut four weeks ago, I would have <laughs> believed you. Like. Does he even play? Like, what are we doing here? This guy's 418 yards. You're starting him? Come on. What are we doing? A.J. Dillon, he got hurt. Apparently, he's fine. Pass concussion protocol, eh? Like, a day later. That's fucking bullshit. Uh, yeah, Gus Edwards, like, you know, what are we doing here? Give me the edge to Rob here. Not even a question. Absolutely. I don't have much to say about it. Otherwise, Justin Fields and Jamar Chase alone might win this matchup for Rob. We'll see what version of Kirk Cousins shows up, but I don't think it matters. Even if Christian has one or two guys explode, Rob has enough guys to give him at least 105, 110, which might be enough to move him on. So we're looking at a Rob versus Dan matchup in the finals. Um, Actually could be a bit of a toss-up. We've seen Dan's team falter a bit over the past couple weeks. Few point totals that are that have been quite low, but um, for me, at the end of the day, I take Dan's ceiling because we've seen it before, and this guy was making a push to the playoffs, if not for a couple uns, uh, a couple surprising losses. So, I guess it's chalky, call it what it is, but I do think Dan has the strongest team in this loser bracket because he should have been a playoff team. He was that close. So, I'm gonna take Rob, uh, not just to be different, but I like Rob's team better um i just do it's pretty simple fields has a massive ceiling jamar chase has a massive ceiling hopkins has a massive ceiling wilson has a massive ceiling and of course barkley we all know can be great yeah it's not a perfect roster guys like Komet, jerry judy they're not great but who cares it's the loser bracket no team is perfect down here yeah so i'm gonna give it to rob which pains me to say because that gives him an opportunity to draft a Bijan Robinson and add him to a Jamar Chase, and you are laughing for the next fucking six years, and we're looking at a possible dynasty. Uh, I thought that last year, and it didn't pan out, but what the fuck do I know? All right, Doris, let's do some draft stuff, man. Let's, let's do, do some draft stuff. Been looking forward to this for the last hour. Let's do let's it. Let's get into it, baby. Oh, I love the fucking draft. First thing, all right? Go I ahead. can't wait to draft. When's our draft, man? Let's schedule it right now. I'm fucking ready. Fucking ready. Yeah, let's actually um, schedule it earlier this year than last year because it seems like it caused quite a bit of controversy. Glad we got it going. But at least 100%. we got the classic Christian generic gif of him just smacking his oh, head, just upset at all of his picks. So that was such great. a great, great, great gif. I'm so happy that's in my life. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk. What should we start with here? First overall pick? No. What should we start with? I think, I, well, I mean, it makes sense to start in the first uh, draft let's talk tra- to trades. You know what? Yeah, let's talk draft to trades. trades. Let's do the trades. We already talked about Franco's overwhelming win for him. Yeah. Does mine count as a draft day trade? Uh, I don't I know. You guys had week. it. You guys had it. Let's say, yeah, I guess. I mean, you guys had this thing in the works for a long time. I actually wanted it to be on a, on draft night, but um, it didn't end up working out the way. You were just like, nah, just push it. It's fine. We'll just do it. But but let's just count it. Let, let's talk about it. Let, let's talk about the Stefan Diggs situation. And I use his name first because I feel like he's been the dude. Do you want to just recap the trade for our uh, our loyal listeners here before I keep going? Yeah, yeah. So it was Diggs, Cook, uh, the 301, 
and the 404, the 301 turned into David Montgomery, the 404 turned into Juju Smith-Schuster, who ended up turning into a second later, right? You coughed a second. Correct. So that's Uh, some pretty good work. Third round pick. Third, third, third. There you go. So that's some pretty, still some pretty decent work. Um, Rich gets A.J. Brown, and he gets Antonio Gibson, who he later flipped. Um, I'd say both teams are probably pretty happy with the way that this worked out. Uh, I know Rich has expressed some regret, when Stefan Diggs, he's texting me a couple times and he fucking goes ballistic and he's like, holy shit, man, why did I trade this guy? Listen, AJ Brown's like fifth in the league in receiving yards right now. He is going to be just fine. Yep. He's on his favorite team. I think that's fun too. Um, so I, I don't know. I think both teams are good. I'm just mad I didn't capitalize on a good season, an elite season from Stefan Diggs. It's upsetting. I think this works out really well for Rich because he gets a younger receiver in AJ Brown who's on his team who's very good. He also gets rid of Dalvin Cook. And now, mind you, Cook had a pretty productive year and also had 25 fantasy points for you this week. But this wasn't going to be a rich year to compete anyway with Jonathan Taylor underperforming and going Mm. out at the end of the season. So if you look at it in hindsight, which is what we have the capability of doing right now on this exercise tones, this is a good year to get rid of those guys for rich. And I think it worked out really well. Like you said, Juju ends up turning into a second, a third, sorry. He ends up trading David Montgomery for, for a pick. So... I think this works out really well for both guys. And like I said with Dalvin, you got 25 points in the quarterfinals from a guy that you invested all season in. So yeah. it worked out. Um, I like it a lot. I think it was a really smart trade for both guys that, uh, that you, both, you both are pretty happy about. Doors, you took CeeDee Lamb first overall. Yeah. Any regrets? Absolutely not. Um, I think that was a good one, man. Brees Hall, Hall was the guy there. I, I knew for sure I wasn't going to do two things. I wasn't going to take a tight end in Mark Andrews first overall. I took him fourth. I'll talk about that in a second. I wasn't going to take Leonard Fournette, who was an option. And guys like Debo, Pittman, Higgins, Keenan Allen, Mike Will, all those guys went later. They were not worthy of first overall. Um, C.D. Lamb was going to be the guy for me because of this year. And if I was mm-hmm. in a rebuilding stage like Janera ended up turning into, I would have taken Brees. I took CD. He's been my wide receiver one slash two all year. He's been great, consistent, even if not for the touchdowns. um, Yeah. The the totals have been there. So I'll I'll just say that. Um, 100%. And I mean, look at back the last two years, right? Last year's first overall pick was Najee Harris. Year before that was Clyde. Pretty ugly, right? We had a pretty tough string and it kind of looked like we're kind of getting to a point where it's like, and listen, Najee was really good last year on Ryan's championship team. So we can't shit on him too much. Yeah. But for future first overall pick barometer, not great. I mean, Leonard Fournette was a bust for me. He was great as rookie year as well. Um, that pick should be a guy that you're able to invest in and have on your squad for at least, I'd say, a couple of years. Then I'd say that's a good thing. CeeDee Lamb is going to be on your team. I imagine he's going to be a keeper for you. Uh, it wouldn't shock anybody if he is. Um so I think that was overall a good thing. It stopped that stretch. That could be a fucking tough spot, man. I've been there. It can be a spot where you feel like you have to take a guy. And if you fuck up, it can really hamper you. And, and you did not fuck that one up. So um, good job by you. You did not ruin that man's career. And, and uh, let's talk the... F- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, 10 seconds or less here. Um, Javante Williams taught me not to take Brees Hall first overall. And I didn't use a first overall pick to take Javante Williams. I took him a little later. But if I'm looking at competing this year in September, which I was and I am, I'm looking at a guy who's going to contribute now. Even if Brees is the next fucking Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey, I need a guy right now who's going to do it. And Brees was maybe getting there. And I love the hindsight piece because he got hurt. But anyway, I digress. CD was first. I liked it. 
Let's uh, let's do a first round breakdown. Yeah. First round picks every year. They're so valuable, right? Everyone shits their pants over them. Well, this year, yet again, it's proven that this first round sucks. Like, it's just not very good. Here's yeah. the good picks that I see. CeeDee Lamb, great pick. Yeah. T. Higgins, end of list. Yeah. Like, honestly, the meh are Mark Andrews. And I give him meh because he was excellent in yeah. the first half of the year. Then he gets hurt. Help me win And he's still playing games. through it. Yeah. yeah, he won you games. He's a big reason why you have the record that you have. Yeah. Leonard Fournette, bad. Michael Pittman, bad. Debo Samuel, bad. Mike Evans, bad. Brees Hall, injured. Keenan Allen was injured most of the year. Mike Williams missed a ton of time this year. I mean... Tell me I'm wrong. Like, this is ugly as fuck. Like, it is not good. And, like, I just am constantly thinking, like, man, is the first round pick just, like, not worth anything? Like, are we just constantly overrating that value in trades? I don't know, man. I think it's, it's ugly. I think it's tough because if you do end up hitting on a guy in that in that tier, it's it's you're giving yourself a better chance at getting a guy who's going to have that higher ceiling. But as we've said many times, the majority of the time you're going to miss. That's just a yeah. fact. And I know yep. this because my first round pick for the last eight years has been terrible until this year. Thing is, I had two of them and one of them kind of miss in, in Mark Andrews. So um, I do. The only thing I'll say is I do. I, I, I have an, a Brees Hall appreciation moment here because Brees was a good pick before the injury. He was a great pick. For he sure. was very quickly and much quicker than I had said he would, was turning his season into a huge success. Yeah. He had four straight games of the touchdown before he got hurt, hit that 100-plus rushing. T- he was catching balls. The guy was a fucking star, if not for the injury. And so Janera has a guy who's going to be his dude, and he picked him second overall, and I think that was a yeah. really good pick. So anyway, you're right. Most of this first round is a debacle, as usual. Um, trade your first round picks, right? Right, Nikki. Trade your picks, baby. Trade your prospects in baseball. Trade your picks in fantasy. Here we go. Speaking of picks, let's do some best and worst. Best picks for me. Here's a couple that jump out, all right? Yeah. This is a no, not going team by team. I'm just looking through and seeing, hey, wow, that's a great value. Yeah. Josh Allen, the 302 robbery. Robbery. Yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown, 305. What a pick by Mike. Really good. Guy could be a keeper. Wouldn't be shocked. Sticking with Mike. Josh Jacobs, 407. What? Zamir White, man. What the hell? Yeah. Ramondre Stevenson, 604. Thought that was a great one. A lot of us hemmed and hawed when that one happened. Garrett Wilson, the 905. It's the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft. Went ninth round in our league. Again, sometimes I look back through and I'm just like, why? What were we thinking? And I know what I was thinking. Zach Wilson might be just trash. But I drafted Elijah Moore thinking, hey, let's see, right? Let's fucking see. Maybe this guy's going to make that leap like Josh Allen did and like Jalen Hurts just did. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Turns out that was not the case. Yeah. Any, uh, you, anyone I missed that uh Yeah, I'm going to go a little deep. I'm going to go a little deeper on you. Um, uh, oh, boy, that's going to get clipped out. That's tough. Tough for yeah, me. Yeah, go deep on me, bro. Go deep. Dan at 707. Oh Dan at the 707 with Tyler Lockett. Um that worked out quite well, Great although one. ended up being on Nikki's team. But you're looking at guys later that are going to provide you with some sort of value. And guys like Nikki and Dan were just in positions where they just had to go and reach for guys. They did. Um, Genera at the 906 getting Kenneth Walker. And I know that that's mm. really tough. Poof. And we put an asterisk on it because of the situation. But we really, really like Kenneth Walker now, even if he didn't really like him at the time. 
Those are the two guys stand out to me. Nikki made a bunch of different picks that had some value, including a guy like Tyler Boyd, who was good for a few weeks. But those are the two that really stand out and the two that uh, that I'm I'm happiest about. Oh, and Miles Sanders, who I also penciled in and, and forgot about at the uh, looks like in the end of the seventh round. So I just Nick, uh, I just caught one for my own. I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I forgot I got Jalen Hurts five oh one. That's yeah. pretty fucking good. Holy shit, man. Yeah insane anyway okay how about worst oh i got some doozies here baby yeah i mean anyone in the first round as we already mentioned i'll shit on myself here alan robinson 205 oh my god oh my god i'm gonna um, give uh i'm gonna give yeah go darnell mooney a shout out for the 30 nice. yeah for for mike at the 308 i believe it is because i like darnell mooney coming to this year didn't think any other receiving options were going to be a thing mike takes him uh he goes to shit uh, I was waiting for him to drop Mooney and then for Mooney to become really, really good, but he ended up just getting hurt and he's out for the year, so that mm. is what it is. Um, suck on that, Mike. Uh, Jerry Judy, and you can probably say the entire Broncos offense because that was we were all bamboozled by that one. Jerry Judy, 206. That's a big yikes. I yeah. mean, holy shit, man. I don't know what lessons there are to learn from the Broncos from la- this year, like, but man, I did not see it going this horribly. Yeah. Give me one. I'm going to give you the four, sorry, the 506. Anthony picks Elijah Moore. I understand oh, the tough. process. Ugh. I understand the process. Zach Wilson was one of the worst quarterbacks, if not the worst in the league this year. I understand the upside, but Elijah Moore being where he is, considering you had these picks, needed a guy there that was going to give you depth. Elijah Moore didn't do it. Right before, in the earlier round, the four, right in the middle of the fourth round is Gennaro with Darren Waller. Again, I get the process. You're going into that next tier of guys, but man, Yikes. Fucking sucks. I wanted nothing to do with Darren Waller this year. Yeah. I'll say this about my drafting. The guys I don't like, for the most part, fucking don't hit, especially early. Um, One guy I actually did like. This was a bullet dodge for me, and this one's a tough one for you. My boy, this one hurts. Michael Thomas, 209. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Immediately gets hurt. That was the worry. And he goes to IR, and that's the end of his season, man. What was once... One of the most untouchable, unstoppable receivers in the league is now just like, where does he go next year? 13th round? Like, holy shit, man. And thank goodness for the excess of picks I had to make that pick because otherwise that would have hurt even more. If I didn't have another pick for a round or two and I counted on Mike T to be my wide receiver two or three, that would have been a real challenge for me to overcome. I'll hit you with one on your side because, my God, and I liked it, man, but Chase Edmonds at the 410, I, I liked it. Like, I really did. Um, and I understand the process, and I believed he was going to be the guy. Miami shook things up, had Mostert and, and brought in uh, um, Wilson too. So I get it. Didn't work out though. Didn't, didn't work, out. work out. They paid him. I like the offensive scheme. Yeah. Or the running game scheme. I've always liked Edmonds as a player, and I'm like, oh, he's actually going to get a chance. I thought he'd catch passes. Yeah. He did none of those things. Not one. <laughs> what a shame. Uh, I had a terrible draft. Holy fuck. Um, I got one more for you. Deontay Johnson, 204. It's just too early for a guy like that. Another guy I wasn't thrilled about going into the draft. I'm just like, I don't know what this quarterback and offensive situation is going to be. I believe in the talent. I don't believe in the situation. Pass. I was glad that. I remember thinking, thank God Franco took him right before I did because I didn't want to have to make that choice. Um, Second round this year was ugly too, man. Like, I thought Sutton was a slam dunk. Nope. McLaurin, decent. Pierce was a pretty good pick. Like, other than that, DK, pretty good. Marquise Brown, end of the second round, was looking good for a while. Didn't work out. Let me... Um, it's tough, man. Really Let me tough. hit you. You didn't mention 
Tony Pollard's name yet in this exercise. Did not. Yeah. So sure this, haven't. And, and this is the one thing I scheduled, I penciled in as a wild card because at the mm. 306, Franco takes Tony Pollard, which almost seemed like, like a, like a joke at the time. Like he took him mm. there just like, because, and we know that between Rob and Mike and the Tony Pollard thing and Zeke has washed all that stuff. So I say it's a wild card because like, arguably the best handcuff backup in the league to take him at that time where you're Franco and have a lot of picks, like not the worst thing, but he ends up being this absolute star and one of Franco's four best players by the end of the year, arguably three best players. So um, it's kind of like my wild card. I don't know what to make of that in the position because it was kind of weird, but ended up hitting like super high. And after so many names that, you know, obviously didn't even come close to what that guy produced. So that's kind I have of, another, uh, it's not so much of a wild card, but I have another goofy one for go you. Ahead. Without looking, who drafted Christian Watson? Uh, Nick. Like, of course, yeah. right? Yeah. Of course Nick drafted Christian Watson. Yeah. What does he know? What crystal ball does this <sighs> man have? And where do I buy it? I actually Fucking think, insane. and the reason why I was so quick on that is because, first of all, like, I would have just guessed it because it's of course. Nick. But I, I do think we actually talked about this last week after Ryan just came off a week where Watson put up like 30 points or something. And I asked you who drafted him and you said, you're like, I know this. And I was like, mm, yeah, fucking Nick Dotto. But oh, yeah, I don't even remember that. Kirsten fucking Watson. Nick, eh? Yeah. All right, go. Doors, let's wrap it up. Best and worst drafts. Yeah. I'll go first. Best draft. I'm giving it to you, Doors. Whoa. It's low hanging fruit because yeah, bro, you had a great draft. Thank you. Um, I'm giving it to you because you know, and it's low hanging fruit. You had a bunch of picks. Your last pick was in the seventh round. But, like, there's not a ton of egregious misses here. Like, CD, first overall, really good. Mark Andrews was really good. Damian Pierce might be a keeper. Michael Thomas stunk. Josh Allen, third round, steal. You took Dobbins and Kirk in the fourth round. That's one for two right there. Yeah. Uh, Alan Lazard was even looking good for a while. Burks made sense as just a dart throw. Renfrew was at L. And then Pickens in the seventh round. And I remember slamming the table thinking, fuck, I wanted this guy. Yeah. And even though it wasn't much in your lineup, I understood it, right? You had two trade chips in Traylon Burks and George Pickens that these guys could start. And Burks, you know, obviously got hurt. So whatever, it's hard to judge. But like you could have traded Pickens for a guy if you really wanted to. This I tried. Season. I tried. Yeah, 100%, right? And let's yeah. see what happens. But I, I get it. I think the draft was really good. There's not a ton of egregious misses like really Renfro um is kind of the biggest one and and thomas obviously that's two out of what nine pick ten picks that's pretty fucking good man or 13 picks that's pretty fucking good yeah so i'm giving you the best draft i appreciate that um i'm looking i'm looking at the worst and i'm i'm looking at teams that had no picks and i look at some of their depth and i think oh my god it sucks guys like rich and nick and dan and there's so many misses in there but the thing is even with guys like that there's so many hits like i know keenan allen had a tough season but rich drafted a good player there and montgomery and juju and even hawkinson ends up going on to have good seasons and rich didn't have a lot of picks looking at dan ramondre stevenson tyler lockett joe burrow the first three picks right there this is a good draft even isaiah pacheco ends up having a good year later on so I put those guys aside to say that considering how many high picks you had, mm. you are right there with one of the worst drafts that we have. Mike yeah, Williams, Allen Robinson, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, A.J. Dillon, Brandon Cooks, Chase Edmonds. Then we get to Jalen Hurts. That's great. Elijah Moore, Dalton Schultz, these aren't good. A close second is Rob for me. 
Debo Samuel, then Jerry Judy, Kareem Hunt, Devin Singletary, Alexander Madison, Hop, Dobbs, Garrett Wilson, Russell Wilson, Khalil Herbert. Those are the names I'm rhyming off. That's not good, but you are right there considering how many picks you had, and it was just a bunch of misses from you. I don't disagree at all. Um, you want to know the telltale sign? And I, listen, I could sit here and blame injuries till I'm blue in the fucking face. Yep. Guys like Bateman, who I was very high on, gets hurt week two and like jammed on. He's out for, for the sure. year. But like when when I knew and was making panic trades and making panic waiver moves and like understand, like I dropped Allen Robinson like week three. Yes. That's when you know you had a bad draft. AJ right? Dillon. I knew AJ Dillon was droppable. Yeah. I knew Brandon Cooks, I might get one or two bye weeks out of him, but I knew that guy was not going to be a part of my team very long. Elijah Moore dropped like early, early, early. Like the fringe guys got hurt, which didn't help. Like the Batemans already mentioned him. Schultz, who ended up back on my team, like was tough. Like, you know, it's just, it's shitty. I basically made a couple decent picks early with Mike Williams, Hollywood, and uh, Hertz. Yep. And I was like, okay, if those guys are healthy, it carries me through. But they weren't healthy. What can you do? But yeah. uh, they were. there was a lot of bad picks in there by me, and there's honestly a lot of lessons to be learned from my draft, and I'll carry it forward and see if I've learned my lesson next year. And that's on the flip side where I turn to Rob's situation, and I look at that in comparison and say there weren't any injuries here to speak of. Guys like, never mind Debo Samuel, he's a first-round yeah. pick, but Judy, Hunt, Singletary, Madison. I mean, Hop was suspended. He doesn't count. Dobbs was hurt, but he wasn't very good. Garrett Wilson was good, but my point is that yeah. yeah, considering there were a lot of just straight up misses as opposed to injuries, you guys are kind of neck and neck for me in terms of what that Madison, is. And Madison six oh six is just ugh. Like it's on his team his whole year. Like why? Dalvin Cook was one shoulder injury away from being out for the year, and Rob has that's what we thought. Won, but so. he suffered the injury and he came right back and he was performing well. I mean, at some yeah. point you got to cut bait. Like it's crazy. I anyway, understand that early is wild. Like yeah. that's just so early. Yeah. Uh, I remember thinking that at the time too. I'm like, I wasn't even thinking like, I was like, I can't draft this guy cause he's going to go. He's not going to go early enough. And sure enough, he did anyway. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Well, the draft been there, done that. And, uh, it was another interesting one. I love looking back at it. I'm going to be staring at this a lot this summer as I usually do. Yeah. It's always fun. Um, but Dora's semis next week, buddy. Are you, you got, you got a semi for the semis? What's going on? Yeah, not yet. Uh, it's Maybe. too early. It's too early. Even after Thursday night, I'm sure that shit show of a of a Jets a Jags matchup isn't going to get me too too excited. But Mike and I oysters. Have... Eat some oysters. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna start feeling things. Oh, I know. Yeah, my, uh, Mike, uh, Mike and I have some serious implications in this Thursday night game. I know we're gonna release this by Wednesday night, Thursday morning, when people are listening, possibly. And this is a big game for us. We've got three guys going in this between Trevor Lawrence, Etn, and and Christian Kirk. So. There are early implications, but Tones, I ask you, and for those who don't know, have you seen the slate in terms of where these games line up this week? And if the answer is no, we've got a Thursday game as usual, but the main slate is Saturday, not Sunday. We are flipping Saturday and Sunday in terms of what they look like. We've got Saturday 1 o'clock games like crazy. We've got Saturday 2 at 4 o'clock, and then one Saturday night game, Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, yuck, puke. But then it's... Three games on Sunday at 1, 4.30 and 8.20 on Christmas Day and a Monday nighter. It's very well paced out. But again, for fantasy reasons, it makes me nervous. I don't want to wait until Monday night to find out I lost. I don't mind it because it's like, just enjoy Christmas Day, you know, like enjoy be with your fucking families. It's just fantasy football. It's all bullshit anyway. You don't want to be staring at your phone every five minutes, making sure like, grinding red zone the whole time like okay there's three games on like there's one game on at a time you can just like casually watch those games and you might only have one player in that thing like 
I remember for the Indy fucking Minnesota game this past week, anytime the Colts were on offense, I was like, all right, let's go grab a snack. Yeah. All right. You know what I mean? And then Minnesota gets back on offense. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm locked back in because Dalvin Cook's on the field. So it's a little easier to manage. So yeah. I'm okay with it, man. I, it's definitely weird for sure. I think there's going to be some goofy ass games. It's another factor is just, it's a short week now for these teams. They don't have that day off right before it throws off injury reports. Like does Wednesday used to not matter when you practice now it matters. And it's like, it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah. The yeah. last thing I'll say before we sign off tones is that we may see the season debut of Gardner Minshew at quarterback, and he may be starting on your team. Your thoughts before I, we go. I can't wait to start my guy, Gardner Minshew. We were so early on this guy, Doors. Do you remember on this very podcast, yeah. we were so early on this guy, and then everybody, Barstool, all the fucking losers are coming out of the woodwork like three months later, like, hey, this guy's pretty cool. And I go, we did the fucking research. I sat here and said, check out this guy's fucking mustache. Check out his dad's fucking name. Like, why was he named Gardner? Here's why. This guy's a fucking animal. I can't wait to start him. I can't wait. I kind of hope Hurts gets hurt. Why not? Or Hurts doesn't play. I kind of hope. I just want to see Gardner cook, baby. I love it. He's really good. I like Gardner. I actually do. I think he's a good quarterback, man. A great backup. Could he have Nick Foles vibes? By the way, Nick Foles also starting this week for Indianapolis. Yeah, what? Sorry, yeah. what? Yeah, Weird. severely concerned about the status of uh, my guy, Michael Pittman, for that game. But we'll talk about that another day. Is um, any quarterback healthy? Like, honestly. No one is Holy healthy. Shit, and I'm even feeling sick right now, Tones. My throat. Just not oh, it. God. Not the answer we're looking for ahead of the holidays. You got the itis? Yeah, hour and a half of talking to the boys Woo. on this podcast. Not going to help. So we leave you. It's week 16. Mike Dotto, here we go. Try to take it easy on me, okay? Um, good luck to everybody, including the loser bracket. Tones, love you. Take your-